oh, he's on steroids. Well, he is if he's on TRT, and he is if he's on if he's on anabolic steroids. But they're two very different things. I've learned a lot over the four decades of health and fitness and being in the trenches with the greatest in the world. And one of those things I've learned a lot more about and how to build better muscle is nutrition and how it has changed over the decades. And that's why I have the Titan meal plan for you guys out there that are confused about nutrition. I'm going to set you straight. Get a hold of me today. The link will be in the comments down below for you guys. Everybody, get over to the Titan Meal Plan, and I'll see you in the Titan Crew, where I will fine-tune any difficulties that you're having. You're not just a, a friend. You're like one of my favorite peeps. I just got to say, right from the start of this thing. I've known you for decades, and uh, how you how you roll on all, spec, all aspects of life, I freaking love. So oh, nice yeah. you say, man. I don't like that. My girl always stares at you. Too handsome and stuff. <laughs> With that being said, that was you who was always staring at me. Yeah, I <laughs> stared too. And I guess it's okay now <laughs> in the world we live in. But that being said, um, I like how you are very layman's terms when it comes to HRT and, and what you do. Give them a background on, on where you started and uh, where you learned. Well, that kind of, if you really want to uh, start from the beginning, it goes way back. I mean, you know, I'm 61 years old and back in the day, TRT, BHRT, whatever you want to call it, was really not accepted anywhere close to like it is today. I can remember getting lectured when I was younger, going to a doctor who I thought would help me with this sort of thing and, and getting the lecture about, you know, you're too young, you know what you're doing. It's gonna, you know, all the things that are legendary, you know, you're everything from, uh, not to be too crass, but uh, you know, like, you know, things are gonna fall off your body and you're gonna become, you know, infertile and, you know, I mean, all kinds of weird stuff. And, and yet I was, uh, I was definitely in need back then. And so I pursued it. How old were you at that time? Well, honestly, I started um, just for other reasons with hormones, uh, just to be completely candid about it. Uh, when I was um, freshman in college, right? I mean, again, so 18 yeah. ish. 17, uh, I went to college. Maybe I was 18 by that time, but uh, I kind of went to college a little early because I was one of those weird birthdays. But anyway, um, when I first realized I, I really was off and felt like I needed, I was in my early 30s, which is nowadays not surprising at all. But back then, it was like, oh, come on. And even yeah. today, doctors will blow you off and say, it's normal, which drives me nuts because, yeah, it's normal to get sick and die one day, too. So, <laughs> yeah. like normal. But I remember just pursuing it, pursuing it, pursuing it until I found somebody who would prescribe it for me. And of course, it was a night and day difference and a game changer. And then, uh, you know, Eventually, I ended up going to med school and learning more about it, although I studied every which way I could getting up to that point because even today, doctors are not, we're, we're not taught this stuff in medical school. Yeah. You talk to any physician today, unless they've done a fellowship, you know, specialty, the basic training might include 20 minutes and that covers all the hormones. Done. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, we're done. So... You know, I had to do a lot of research on my own, and um, uh, then I met up with another doctor before I even got into medical school. Or once I 
signed up for medical school, um, I started helping out just because the, the self-study had helped and I could, you know, under his license, help in the office and what sort of uh, one thing or another. And uh, it just really, I fell into it because I love it. It helped me so much and I watched how it helped other people, not just from my perspective, but from uh, the doctor I started working with perspective and uh, it wasn't uh, available to most people because again, this is a long time ago, uh, doctors still didn't really have a grasp of it. I, I would say to this day, with all due respect to the physicians out there, uh, it's not very common to use TRT, BHRT in terms of you know the other hormones that might be applicable specifically for, for women urologists have started to pick up the ball thanks to guys like Larry Lipschultz out of Baylor University and all his fellows, which there are a lot of uh, uh, fellows that have come out of there that are spread across the country, you know, uh, that are spreading the word, so to speak. Unfortunately, for women, gynecologists have not really picked up the ball. They were always comfortable prescribing things for the uterus yeah. and for fertility, but that's limited typically to estrogen, progesterone, testosterone was still regarded, you know, seems unfathomable to, to, to those of us in the know today, but although the testosterone is for men only, if you are confused about training, do not worry. That's what the Titan training plan is for. For you guys to subscribe to this plan, you also get the additional coaching from me in the Titan private group. Get in there today, and I cannot wait to start working with you and making your dreams come true. Let's get back to the show. My question here is this, because we were driving over and I'm sitting there going, HRT is, uh, well, first of all, the human body is a beautiful thing. But you go to see a doctor, unfortunately, when you get cancer and they do treatment. So I, you stay with me on this. Okay. It's going to be an analogy for I don't understand why it's not more common. And medicine's been around for a long time. <clears throat> but you get sick, you do something. Isn't HRT something you can use when your body starts falling apart? And isn't, wouldn't that be considered, in a sense, to a layman's person? Well, you're, you're fixing something that's wrong with you so you can live a better life. This is medicine. You got a headache, you take aspirin. Mm -hmm. You got low testosterone, you take testosterone. It's like, why are these not the same? Why is this like, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. Aspirin, take Tylenol every single day. You're good. But if your T is low, do not touch testosterone. Am I right or wrong on this? No, you're right. I mean, it's 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 a diagnosis, hypogonadism, whether it's for a male or a female. That's been extant for a long time. The treatment, uh, whether it's primary or secondary, not to get into the weeds, it has been around for a long time too. Although we're developing better treatments for secondary hypogonadism, which is in brief, just if it's not the gonads themselves, but the signal being sent to them. So we have ways to, to step that up. Somebody might have a pituitary tumor or something. But again, the, the diagnosis and the treatments have been there, but why they haven't been accepted more widely, your guess is as good as mine. I could give you uh, examples, and this is maybe a little uh, still taboo yet, and this is not my area of expertise, but for example, we know back in the 70s when Timothy Leary was still around and, okay. and even earlier, you know, we were using um, what are uh, referred to still as recreational drugs for, well, arguably still for recreational purposes, but we knew that they had value in the treatment of psychological disorders right. 
Uh, you could also, there are some that blame Timothy Leary for blowing it because he went too far in the recreational area. And then it just becomes a matter of, and I'll just leave it this, human nature. Whatever that might be defined as, you go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, we're scared. We don't know enough about it or whatever. And so we're just now coming full circle to look into things like, you know, mind-altering substance. We call them LSD, psilocybin, right. uh, MDMA, uh, uh, I forgot what the street name is for ketamine. Uh, that uh, these things have really good uses, valuable, uh, you know, plenty of success stories, better than what we've developed in those, or has it been 50, in that 50 year block, uh, you know, the SSRIs, the antipsychotics and stuff. It's pretty wild. And so I'm just giving you another no, 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 example. I love like, that. Where because, did that come from? Because, I don't because know. in the 60s, obviously, everything that they're using nowadays was, oh, that's taboo. And, but we're going to make medication for you. For the for the mind and everything, and that didn't seem to do as well or or isn't. Um, and now they're jumping over to here, going, "Hey, this stuff kind of helps more than kind it, of." It kind of well, okay, more than kind of. I don't know enough about it, but it, they're like finally getting there, which is interesting. And um, hopefully, HRT or, or the understanding that your body does break down or doesn't work functionally perfect, yeah. and so there is medication for you to do that, and that's. One thing that it's interesting that, again, I think uh, steroids became banned when it wasn't they were bad for you. Is it makes you a superhuman, and so it's like okay, we gotta we gotta take care of this. And you bring up a great point. It might have been part of that crossover between the anabolic steroids you're referring to and just naturally occurring steroids, meaning from the word cholesterol, right? So anabolic steroids, because, you know, pick one, and it's eight times more anabolic than regular testosterone, gives you an edge, and maybe that bled over into, you know, normal, well, I shouldn't say normal, I hate that word, but, uh, you know, justifiable, as it were, used to just right the ship, as you're referring to, fix a problem rather than go above and beyond and, you know, be superhuman, as you put it. So, again, your guess is as good as mine as to why that has not been accepted for so long. But I would say, without a doubt, the cat's out of the bag now. You know, there are so many people that have found out about the value in TRT. We have plenty of studies. And this is the, the, the kick in the pants. We've got studies that actually go back to the 1950s that show, yeah, that does have value. So it's been around for a while, but it's just kind of been like, yeah, yeah we're not going to go there. I don't know why, again. But now we have way more studies and, and show the correlation between low testosterone and a lot of disease processes, type 2 diabetes, colon cancer, prostate cancer, for men, obviously, yeah. uh, osteoporosis, what am I missing, coronary artery disease. Uh, now, correlation, you know, then we get into how science has to observe this for good reason, cause and effect, not just correlation. But I can tell you there are so many instances now of clinicians who use this and can, for example, reverse type 2 diabetes just by bringing the levels of testosterone back to an optimized level that, as I said, the cat's out of the bag. This can't go backwards. That's, that's, I, that would be a, that's a great thing. Then. If, they, if, if, if more people would do that, and then it's just up to the individual thinking, their mindset. Because I think when you say HRT or you, you speak about this is another thing we were talking about just on the drive over is they think by getting back to a healthy dose or a regular dose of where your levels should be, your biomarkers or whatever you would say they, you call them, then it's the assumption that, well, if I, if I get and I start this, 
I'm going to be Jay Cutler or somebody, right? <laughs> it's such an odd thing to think, sure right? You are. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, you're just getting back to what the body should be at so you can be healthy and energetic and stuff. And then the, the thought of that is, oh my gosh, I'm going to be superhuman now. Well, then why weren't you? <laughs> well, I see all kinds of, of what do you want to call them? Uh, uh, rationalizations, uh, um, imaginations of what might occur. I don't want to go to the gym and train because then I'm going to get jacked. <laughs> All right. Good luck with that. Yeah. It happens overnight, <laughs> yeah. of course, too. Uh, and, and then again, you know, we have the, what I was referring to as the bleeding over from that and the understanding of anabolic steroids or the other way, if, if you want to look at it that way, people mistake the two. I mean, we actually use the term, oh, he's on steroids. Well, he is if he's on TRT. And he is if he's on if he's on anabolic steroids, but they're two very different things. So I, I think that has led to some of the confusion. But your point's well taken. If you mean to say also that not only is it the cat out of, the cat's out of the bag from the standpoint of the profession of medicine, but because the people that are being treated have said, "Whoa, wait a minute!" I mean, there's plenty of people that you might see at the gym or otherwise, and you go, "What the heck, man? What'd you do? Did you get a new girlfriend? Change your diet? No, I'm on TRT." And they go. I want to look into that too. So, and again, there's there's a wave of people that are discovering if it's appropriate, it's a game changer like anything else. If you have type 2 diabetes, or let's use type 1, uh, insulin-dependent diabetes, well then use insulin, man. It can make all the difference in your life. 